This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. It's Zuma Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, (laughs) and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight, we start with a visit with one of my personal favorites, Red Skelton. What a career he had. He was best known, of course, for his national radio and television acts between 1937 and 1971. He had stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for his work in radio, television, also appeared, of course, in burlesque, vaudeville, films, nightclubs, and casinos, all while he pursued an entirely separate career as an artist. Skelton believed that his life's work was to make people laugh. He wanted to be known as a clown because he defined it as being able to do everything. He had a 70-year career as a performer and entertained three generations of Americans. Skelton's artwork of clowns remained a hobby until 1964 when his wife Georgia convinced him to have a showing at the Sands Hotel in Las Vegas while he was performing there. Sales of his originals were successful, and he sold prints and lithographs of them, earning $2.5 million yearly on lithograph sales alone. At the time of his death, his art dealer believed that Skelton had earned more money through his paintings than from his television work. Tonight's episode is entitled Traffic Court. It's Moisturize, the new, all-new, Rolly 903 cigarette. Listen. That jet of fresh, pure moisture stands for the new, different, moisturized Rolly 903. New blend, new taste, new freshness. It's the new, all-new, moisturized Rolly 903. Pleasure to bring you Metro Golden Mayor's popular comedian and the star of our Raleigh cigarette program, Red Skelton. Thank you very much and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, Mr. Raleigh walked in tonight, seeing he's got a towel over his arm, and I says, What's it for? He says, Everybody I meet says, Whoosh. 
How are you? <laughs> well, Red, do you know what today is? Yeah, it's Tuesday, isn't it? Or did I get up for nothing? Today's April Fool's Day. Yeah, today I feel legal, you know. <laughs> Did anybody play a trick on you? Yeah, when I woke up this morning, I started, unra- started unwrapping a big package. Well, what was in it? Me. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen you around Reuben's Market lately. How come? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's because I haven't been down there. <laughs> That's brilliant material. <laughs> It's jokes like that that's going to put me back at O'Connor and Weiss Shoe Factory. <laughs> hey, we may stay on for the summer, you know. With material like this, we leave the audience cold, you know. <laughs> Say, we've been doing retakes on Merton of the Movies. Well, what part of the picture are you working on now? The love scenes with Virginia O'Brien. Well, why didn't you do the love scenes right in the first place? I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Well, are you convincing as a lover? Yeah, Virginia told me that when it comes to making love, I could teach Gable a thing or two about jujitsu. <laughs> well, what does your director, Richard Thorpe, think about your acting? Well, I'm, I'm, I don't like to talk about things like that. <laughs> Besides, we got a lot of kids listening. <laughs> well, I know any picture that he directs will be a hit. Richard Thorpe never misses. You can say that again. I got two teeth missing to prove it. <laughs> We've been working nights, you know. Well, I guess it's pretty tough working these cold, rainy nights. Yeah, what's your talk? What's your talk? We never say rain out here. It's merely California shedding a few tears for the bad weather that Florida is having. Mr. Mayor, I must think a lot of you, Red, with all this work they're doing on Merton of the Movies. Oh, yeah. You must have an awful lot of money tied up in it. Two million dollars, my boy. Including your salary? Uh, no, I forgot that. That makes it two million and ninety-eight cents. <laughs> <laughs> I work pretty hard out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know how hard I work? How hard? They bid on me three times at Santa Anita at the Mayor auction. <laughs> Well, they previewed that picture once. What happened? Wasn't it funny? Funny? My next-door neighbor saw it, and he almost died. Really? Yep. Some popcorn stuck in her throat. <laughs> almost <laughs> Anita Ellis sings Sunday Kind of Love. Oh, 
I do my Sunday dreaming and all my Sunday scheming every minute, every hour, every day. I'm hoping to discover a certain kind of love who will show me the Scrapbook of satire. You got something on Petrillo that he let you get away with that? <laughs> Chapter one is entitled Willie Lump Lump in the Traffic Court. Okay, get your hands off of me. <laughs> Where's the police commissioner? I'll have every one of you cops locked up. Order in the court. Order. It must be something new. I'll have a ham sandwich. (laughs) Why don't you stop making a nuisance of yourself? Look, my beautiful specimen of undeveloped seaweed. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you sitting in the backseat telling me how to drive all the time. Bring this man back here tomorrow. You'll see me today. How do you feel? Oh, no, you don't. I'm wise to you, birds. A judge once asked me, how do you feel? I said, fine. He said, send dollars. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. What are you charged with? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> What's your name? Couldn't say, ask me again, I'll tell you something. <laughs> Willie Lump Lump, what's yours? Willie, hmm? your honor, he means no wrong. He, uh, he's just frightened. Oh, no, I ain't. You aren't scared? No. Nope. Willie, look at me. Now I'm scared. <laughs> Will the arresting officer step forward yeah. and state the charge? Yeah, tell him about yes, it. Yes, sir. He resisted arrest, was speeding down a one-way street with no lights on. You're charged with three violations. What do you have to say? Who do I see about opening a charge account? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Lumpner, are you guilty or not guilty? Yes, I am. Yes, you am what? (laughs) You listen to Amos and Andy a lot, don't you? I'm either guilty or not guilty. Figure it out for yourself. I ain't no stool pigeon here. Just pick up any line and start reading. I don't... 
not guilty? I think that's a rather personal question, if you ask. <laughs> How fast was he driving, officer? Tell him, blabbermouth. <laughs> Seventy-six. That's the spirit. <laughs> Look, if I was speeding, so was you. Otherwise, you would have never caught me. Now, work your way out of that one. <laughs> Look, you forget your charges against me, and I'll do the same for you, and I'll be on my way. Really, should I call your lawyer, Frank Belcher? You will not. I talked to him this morning. He says, I'll go down there with you. I says, no, you won't. He said he was going to get me a suspended sentence. Well, is a suspended sentence bad? Yeah. Uh, do you know what happens when you get a suspended sentence? They hang you, don't they? <laughs> Boy, that's what I like is a courtroom that will applaud. Yes, I'm a he's, he's a close observer of all traffic laws. Oh, stop beating around the bush. Close observer. Why don't you come right out and tell a man I'm nearsighted and get it over? <laughs> You're nearsighted and you drive without glasses, eh? Yep. Now, how far can you see? Pretty good. On a clear day, I can see the sun. <laughs> That's too fast for him. He doesn't even get it. <laughs> Look, wise guy, in about two seconds, I'm going to wrap this gavel around your neck. Well, now, how far can you see? About six feet. <laughs> then how do you know where you're going? Just follow the radiator tap. <laughs> what would you do if someone stepped off the curb stool? I'd knock him back on the sidewalk before he got hurt. <laughs> Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, no, I didn't. All right, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. You see, he admits it. Oh, no, I don't. I didn't go through a stoplight, Your Honor. Honor. I stopped dead the minute I hit it. You mean you wrecked your car? Not exactly. I always drive around with a motor in my lap. Well, I find you $100 and sentence you to 90 days in jail. Uh, you're pretty liberal with other people's time, ain't you, old boy? Next case. Well, Willie, it's your own fault. Yeah, I know, but I had it coming to me. If I'd have been that judge, you know what I would have done? I'd have sentenced a thoughtless offender... Like me for a year. You know, I just happened to realize something. I could have been killed. Or I could have killed somebody. You know, driving carelessly and not obeying the laws that protect safety of the lives of other people and your own makes you the same as a criminal that carries a gun and goes out with the intent to kill. And it's the little laws that we break that contribute to the overthrow of our American way of life. And it comes down.
David Forrester and his Raleigh Cigarette Orchestra play karaoke. <laughs> David, you even look like a tamale now, believe me. <laughs> Chapter two is entitled The Great Pie Mystery. <laughs> Now there's nobody around. Here I is, all alone. The stage is set for catastrophe. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to call up somebody on the telephone. I'm going to call on the telephone. Hello? Hello? Operator. Give me, uh, ought, 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 double ought, ought, nothing. Why, that's your own number. Well, naturally, I don't want to talk to strangers, you know. What number do you wish, sir? Sure. Oh, boy, she think I am a man, boy. <laughs> Look, uh, babe, what you doing tonight, cookie? Nothing. If your mother's going out, I could come by and see that you don't fall out of your cradle. Yeah. <laughs> Look, give me the FBI real quick, will you? 
Hello, this is the office of the FBI. Well, look, uh, I, as an honest citizen, I want to tell you where, where you can lay your hands on a whole lot of crooks, a whole gang of criminals. Yes? Left that bar of soap on the floor. Junior! Junior! Uh oh. The voice of doomsday is. Do I like you? What are you up to? Up to me neck. I'm sitting in the bathtub. I'm sailing me boat. Junior, have Hmm? you seen my new shoes? You mean the submarine? Junior! Those things at the bottom of the tub look like my shoes. Well, give them a couple minutes. They won't. We just walk it clean together. <laughs> and besides, I gotta wear my clothes. You always sneaking in unexpected, the goodness. Well, what is this bottle of mercurochrome doing out of the medicine cabinet? I poured it in the tub. I'm sailing on the Red Sea today. Oh, I've never. Come here to me. No, if I don't. You'll I... get a whipping. I and mean, if I do, I get a whipping. Look, kiddo, you're gonna have to entice me with a better bargain than that, will you? <laughs> You spank me, I cry, and then you feel sorry for me, and then you give me a cookie and I eat it. But right now, I have four. So let's just forget the whole thing. Here, hmm? get out of those wet clothes. Yes? What's this in your back pocket? The snake. Ooh, your grandfather's electric razor. Now, what were you doing with that? I'm not going to tell you what I've been doing with the razor. But that naked cat is the weirdest looking thing <laughs> Suit on. No, I'm not going to wear that thing. Don't you like the suit? No, I don't. That sissy suit, I always has a fight when I wear it. You always get in a fight no matter what you wear, so what's the difference? Plenty. With this suit, I got to fight the little girls, too. <laughs> a blue bow down the front with a big ribbon in the back. I can just see Dickie Olin, you know, and the juvenile jury gang just waiting to take a clink at me as I walk by. Junior. Know? You're not going to let those ruffians bully you. Abraham Lincoln once wore a suit his grandmother made for him, and a group of toughies made fun of him and tried to muss his suit up. But young Abe took care of them. Look, that was a long time ago, kiddo. Let's face it, we is living in the bubblegum age, you know. (laughs) That's enough of this foolishness. You sit right here on this table. And I'll tie your shoelaces for you. Yeah, okay. Hey, Nemo, why are you making a hen knot? Oh, I guess I got carried away for a second. <laughs> there. Now, see if you can stay clean for about three minutes. Okay, kiddo. Watch me. I'm going to jump off of the table. No, no, watch don't me. jump. There's a weak spot in the floor. <laughs> Open the cellar door. Are you all right? No, don't, don't make a fuss. Oh, dear. No, you no, could don't. have fallen in the hot furnace. No, no, don't get one. I don't care. I wish I had, boy. I would just sit there and barbecued myself, you know. I'd just sit there and bake myself with hot coals, you know. Spit on me to hear me sizzle, you know, I would. I mean, I would wither up and I would... Oh, no, no. 
What's wrong? I scared me, too. <laughs> bless his little heart. Yeah, bless his little heart. Now, don't cry. Okay. Grandma, I'll give you a nice piece of fresh pie. Okay. Pie? Yeah. Uh-oh. I don't think I want oh, none. Now, smell them. Mm, yes, she smells good. Oh, heavens. Someone has taken a big bite out of the middle of each pie. Now, who would do the thing like that? I think I know the answer to that. I think you do, too, so let's just skip it. Junior, hmm? look me in the eye. Now, if you're telling the truth, you'll yes. be able to keep looking me in the eye. If mm -hmm. not, you'll have to look down. Mm -hmm. Now, did you touch those pies? No, I did not. And I can see I need a shoe shine, too. <laughs> Now, now, <laughs> look, Grandma. Now, it must have been an inside job. Look, you better look for some fingerprints. Look for footprints. No, look there aren't foot any footprints, foot but there are fingerprints. Well, there couldn't be. I wore my catcher's mitt. What did you say? <laughs> I mean, look, them pies with the middles. I look like catcher's mitts. Look. Well, if you didn't eat the pies, you're probably hungry for some pies. No, no. So I'll give you a big hunk. A big hunk? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe tomorrow. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Why is your face so green? Watch out, Tommy. Don't give me away, will you? <laughs> Look, I think I'm going to go outside and play. Here you are. It's very big, isn't it? What's wrong? Hmm? Why do you just stand there looking at it? You know, if whoever ate all that pie was to eat more on top of it, it would make them sick, wouldn't it? It would help. <laughs> and here's some milk. Milk. Oh, no, take it away, take it away. It looks like bleach castor oil. <laughs> now, I don't think I want it. You I drink it. Hmm? Milk makes strong teeth. Well, if milk makes teeth strong, why does Grant put his in water every night? Hmm? <laughs> yeah, but uh, what time did old Laura Plate Wobble stagger in last night? Huh? You know them more for them teaching his? That lower plate wobble is affecting his whole body. Wobble well, you or stop the... stalling yeah. and eat the pie. Okay. Boy, that's good, eh? Yum, yum. Junior, you've got your mouth full. Now swallow. I did, but this is as far as it goes. <laughs> and stop eating with your mouth open. I gotta get air, don't I? <laughs> Junior, you're not eating that pie. Now eat it so I can get you another big piece. I... <clears throat> another piece? Junior, <laughs> why don't you eat? I'm just not hungry, I guess. Why, Junior? Don't stand so close to me, Grandma. <laughs> hey, why are you looking at me like that? Junior, hmm? yes? eat all of that pie. I don't want to. You make me eat that pie, I'm going to tell You're you. You're going you. to tell what? I will tell everybody that you used to be Tricky Finger Felt in the shoplifter. Ooh, that was no such thing. Oh, no. Hey, Tricky Finger, nobody's looking. Grab that vase over there. You grab it. I'm loaded. <laughs> I can fit that old kiddo into saying anything I want to. <laughs> I'll see you later, Grandma. I know I'm very hungry for pie. Junior, hmm? eating that pie makes you feel a little guilty, doesn't it? It does. Now, I want the truth, Junior. Did you dig into those pies? I worked hard to bake those pies. Hey, Grandma, why are you holding that pie like that, hmm? Don't you know? You look like you're going to smack me in the kisser with it. 
Then again, I don't know why I'm standing here thinking about it. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. 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 Put me down. What's the matter with you, Grandma? What? What? The goodness, you, you had to bleed on me. You was about two inches ready to smack me right in the kitchen with that pie. And you had to suck. Goodness, isn't it awful the way the grown-ups pick up things we kids do? We hope you like our program well enough to do this again next Tuesday night. So until next Tuesday then. This is Red Skelton saying goodbye now. Thanks for listening and thanks for buying Rolling. Good night. Remember, folks, the Great War Relief is worthy of your support. Brown and Williamson invite you to other good listening during the week. Listen to People Are Funny with Art Linkletter next Friday night and join us again with Red Skelton next Tuesday. Red Skelton is heard in this program through the courtesy of Metro Golden Mayor. Red Skelton is brought to you by the makers of Rolly Cigarettes. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Stay tuned for The Life of Riley next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for William Bendix in The Life of Riley. that removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes and leaves hair radiantly clean, radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. When Chester A. Riley and his friend and co-worker Jim Gillis start bragging about their respective sons, Junior and Egbert, the superlatives fly thick and fast. At the moment, Gillis and Riley are walking home from work. All I say, Riley, is, is that you ever stop to ask yourself what kind of a boy your junior is? My junior? Well, he's a boyish type boy. Believe me, Riley, your juniors are nothing. But look at my egg bird. Look at my egg bird. Look at my egg bird. Well, I've looked at your egg bird, and you've got my deepest sympathy. <laughs> Calm down, Riley. Why should we lose your temper? Well, you're always slighting my junior, and it hurts. All I mean is, if you want your boy to amount to something, you got to watch him when he's young. Find out what's his talent and nourish him. Why? Why? A delicate flower won't grow unless it's fertilized. Well, my egg bird is a flower, and I'm his fertilizer. <laughs> well, my junior's got talent, plenty of talent. Oh, yeah? What? Well, uh... Uh, last summer at the beach, he swam underwater for five minutes without coming up for air. That's a talent. Oh, sure, sure. That's a fine talent. If you want him to grow up to be a barracuda. <laughs> I'm talking a talent for a career. Oh. Here, here, look at this. It's a copy of what they're going to say about my egg bait in the class yearbook. What yearbook? Didn't your junior show you his? 
Well, I can guess why. Yeah, well, well, well he, he'll show it to me. He, he probably didn't get this month's yearbook. I mean, I guess he forgot. He... Here, take a look. Ain't uh, Boyd Gillis. Activities, president of the chemistry club. Best subject, chemistry. Prizes, aluminum medal for chemistry. Hobby, chemistry. And guess what it says on the future profession? Streetcar conductor? <laughs> Chemical engineer. Oh, sure. Chemical engineer. Why, one of these days, Egg Boy Gillis will be working for the DuPont Corporation. And who knows? He may marry one of the DuPont girls. Ah, well, I'd be a proud father when I look up who's who and see my son's name. Egg Boy DuPont. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I've seen my junior swim underwater for eight minutes. He almost drowned it. Face the facts, Riley. Without talent, your son ain't gonna have no future. Boy, will you sound like a dope at the father and son dinner next Monday? Well, well what father and son dinner? Don't your kid tell you nothing? The class is given a banquette for the boys and their fathers only. But mothers can come too. And every father is gonna talk about his kid's future profession. What are you gonna say, Riley? What's your boy's future gonna be? I'll think of something. Don't, don't worry about me. I'll see that my boy has a future if it takes me a hundred years. Junior! Junior, did you find that yearbook? Yeah, Pop, I just found it. Oh, Riley, I don't understand you. For months, you don't show the slightest interest in junior school. Then all of a sudden, Look, you get the... Hey, you want our boy to have a future, don't you? Well, I want to see his future on paper. Here's a proof, Pop. It was in my briefcase. Oh, let's see. Uh, uh, oh, here we are. Chester A. Riley, Jr. Activities. Substitute cheerleader. <laughs> cheerleader. For this, I spent $50 to take out your tonsils. Gee whiz, Pop. What's all right, with... all right. We let that pass. Let's see what it says about your future profession. Uh, oh, here it is. Future profession. A question mark. Well, I don't know. What do you mean, you don't know? Oh, be reasonable, Riley. It just means Junior hasn't made up his mind yet. Yeah, well, it's time he did. After all, he's 13, and all he's got on his mind are movies, movies, movies. And when you were 13, what did you have on your mind? Why, when I was 13, I... I... Uh, okay, Peg, I admit I was kind of wild when I was 13, and... <laughs> you were right not to elope with me, now, 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 tell me, Junior, what do you think you'd like to be, huh? well, Gosh, I, I don't know. Well, but there must be some kind of work you'd like to do. Oh, well. Well, well I wouldn't mind a job like yours, I guess. No. Well, that's fine. That, that's just dandy. I, I can just hear the horse laugh. I'll get at the school dinner when I get up and say, my son wants to be just like me. <laughs> Junior, think. There must be something you feel you'd like to be. Well, I told you yesterday, Pop. I, I just don't know. But you've got to know. What am I going to say at the dinner when they get... Oh, what's the use? I... Junior, dear, why didn't you tell us about this dinner? You forgot, was that it? Yeah, I... No, I just didn't think you'd want to go. Well, why shouldn't I want to go? I'm your father, ain't I? You certainly are, dear. <laughs> Thanks for backing me up, Peg. 
Now, look, son. Well, excuse me, Pop. I got to wash up for yeah, supper. Yeah, but, but I want to... Oh, Peg, we might as well face it. Our boy is a failure. It takes some men 50 years to become a failure. Junior did it in 13. <laughs> now, it isn't that serious. Why, he's still a baby. Got plenty of time to decide later on when he's in college. It's too late, then. He's got to have talent now. If I only knew what it was, I could build it up. Now, 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 now if he wanted to be, like, let's say, a, an artist, I'd, I'd give him paints to play around with. Or, or if he wanted to be a writer, I'd give him pencils and paper. Or if he wanted to be a banker, I'd give him... I don't want him to be a banker, right? He'll decide when the time comes. You know, Peg, talent runs in families. Maybe Junior... Let's see now, uh, whoever amounted to anything on my side of the family. Uh, well, let's look at your side of the family. But my father had a second cousin who was a great surgeon. No kidding? Yes, Ezra Barker. He was very famous. Hey, maybe Junior takes after him. Oh. Don't be silly. Well, why not? Surgery, that could be his talent. Only it's hidden. But I'll find out if it's there. Well, what are you going to do? Let Junior take out your appendix? Oh, please. Now, don't be ridiculous. You know I had my appendix out a year ago. But you've still got yours. Riley. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I'll think of something. Don't worry. I'll think of something. <laughs> Oh, this soup was delicious. Nice and tender. Uh, please pass the olives, Pop. Yeah, here, son. Well, here we are. Oh, roast chicken, my favorite dish. Here, you carve, Riley. Yeah, it'll be a pleasure. Here's your carving knife, Pop. Thanks, son. I... Uh, wait a minute. What's the matter? Why are you staring at me, Pop? Peg, look. Look at Junior's fingers. Well, I washed them. No. No, I mean, they're so long and slender and delicate. Oh, go on and carve, Riley. No. Junior, you carve. Me? Now, Riley... Now, Peg, I know what I'm doing. Go on, Doctor. Uh, <laughs> uh, junior? Okay. You know, I always wanted a carve. You did? You see, Peg, I was right. Go ahead, grab that scalpel and start operating, Doc. <laughs> okay, nurse. What'll you have, Mom? Oh, I'd like the leg, dear. I'll have a wing. Take some white meat for yourself, Junior. Yeah, okay. Well, here goes. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, this chicken's tough. Why, yeah. it is not. It's like butter. Yeah, well, well, Junior, don't tear the leg off like that. If that was a human being on that platter, he'd resent it. <laughs> I, I guess I'm not very good at this. No, no, no. Don't say that, Doc. You're good. You're good. Here's yours, Mom. Thanks, dear. Here, Pop. Here's the wing. The wing? You call this the wing? Why, this is the fine surgeon you turned out to be. <laughs> Some surgeon, the way he was tearing at that poor chicken. Oh, forget it, will you? That's all you've been harping about for the last hour. I can't forget it. The father's got a duty to his kid. Junior's going to amount to something if I... Where, where is he, anyway? Oh, now leave him alone. He's in his room reading. Reading? Oh, that. Well, he's got some new book about big game hunting in Africa. No kidding. He's interested in that? <laughs> I guess so. He's had his nose stuck in that book for a week. Well, that's it. A big game hunter. That's what he'll be. Oh, for heaven's sake. That's even better than being a doctor. He'll bring him back alive. 
fortune in it. Oh, stop dreaming. Another frank buck. That's a real profession. Just think, Peggy. You'll go all over the world stalking elephants, trapping lions, shooting tigers. You know, that takes guts. It takes real courage. Oh, for, oh, uh, oh, uh, well. it's, it's, it's Junior. Junior, what's the matter? Oh, Junior. Junior, why are you standing on a bureau? There's a mouse in my room. <laughs> What a revolting development this is. Well, Riley, did you figure out what you're going to say at the father and son dinner? Well, I, uh, I, I, I ain't sure I'm going, Gillis. Something came up and I... Oh, I, I, I see. Too bad, pal. Well, I got my speech all wrote. And afterwards, my egg bait is going to perform one of his chemical experiments. Okay, Gillis. Okay. Yes, sir. Right in front of all them people. Egg bait will take a test tube, a couple of chemicals, figure out a secret formula, and invent iodine. <laughs> or maybe bicarbonate of soda. Yeah, I, I guess you were right, Gillis. Junior's got no ambition. He don't show no interest in anything. So what? I wouldn't worry about it. But just to be on the safe side, I'd have the kid's head examined. What? Are you hinting there's something wrong with my junior? Oh, no, 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 nothing like that. But, you know, kids his age get these here uh, complexes. What I meant was maybe you ought to have him psycho-analyzed. Uh, uh, you know, like in the movies, Gregory Peck lays down on the couch, and Ingrid Bergman finds out what's going on in his noodle. <laughs> That's enough, Gillis. I ain't going to stand here and let you insult my junior. Okay, you... okay, just giving you a friend. There's up. nothing wrong with my junior. He's just as normal as I am. I'd better have that kid psychoalkalized. Oh, Riley, I'm going over to Mrs. Benny's for a minute. Will you? Riley, what on earth are you doing? I'm reading. Well, what's the matter? Didn't you ever see a guy read a book before? Well, yes, but you haven't touched a book since last summer when you wanted to press that flower. Well, what book is it? Oh, it's just something I picked up in the library. It's... Well, let me see. Oh, don't peg you. Oh, an introduction to psychoanalysis by Dr. Sigmund Freud. What do you want with that? Nothing special. I'm just in the mood for a little light reading. That's all. <laughs> all right, dear. You go right on with your reading. I'll wake you up when I get back. Bye. Uh, where was I? Oh, here. Uh, Chase Y. Patient was 14-year-old boy suffering from complex neuroses during adolescence. Well, Junior's almost 14. Let's see now. Chief symptoms, indecision, vaccination, uh, vaccination, sense of inferiority, lack of interest. Oh, that's Junior's case exactly. Analysis revealed basic cause to be an octopus complex <laughs> and a deep-rooted hatred of his father. Oh, no. He hates me. He hates me. How could he hate me when I'm so lovable? <laughs> However, complete cure was affected by inducing patients to talk freely and frankly admit this father hatred. Once this mental block was removed, patient became normal and adjusted and today is outstanding attorney. Imagine that. Just because the kid admitted he hated his father. Junior, come in here. Did you call me, Pop? Yes, I did. Junior, lay down. The what? 
I said lay down over there on the couch. Oh, but I'm not tired. Do as I say, lay down. Remember, I'm your father. Okay, I'll lie down. Now, now tell me, son, who's your father? My what? Don't get up, lay there. Now, come on, who's your father? For well, you are. Uh-huh. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> now, uh, how do you feel about me, son? How do I feel? Yeah, you hate me, don't you? Who, me? Oh, of course not. Come on, come on, admit it. Say you hate me. But I don't hate you. Now, don't be stubborn, Junior. Before I'm through with you, you'll hate me. <laughs> Let me up, will you, Pop? You're sitting on me. <laughs> no, I ain't getting off you till you're cured. Now, come on, talk freely. Admit you hate me and you'll make me the happiest man in the world. But I don't hate you, Pop. I love you. You don't love me. You hate me. What's all the shouting about? Oh, Peg, we might as well face it. Junior loves me. It's a hopeless case. Hello, Peg. Oh, hello, dear. You're home early. Well, tonight's the school banquet. I gotta straighten some things out. Where's Junior? He's in his room. Now, you leave Junior alone, Dr. Freud. He's my boy, too, and I'm not worried about his future. Yeah, but what'll I say at that dinner tonight? What you always say at dinner, more meat, please. (laughs) But the speech, all the other fathers will make a speech, and I'll be speechless. Oh, so what? Now, go on, get dressed. It's late. I ain't going. You're not going. No. All right, then don't go. I'll go alone with Junior. Oh, well, say, Mom, can you let me have two spools of thread and a needle in your scissors? Well, it's in my sewing basket in my room, dear. What do you want it for? Well, I got an idea to make something. Uh, some son I got. Instead of taking chemicals and inventing something, he plays around with needles and thread. Guess we're raising a tailor. <laughs> some profession. Well, what's wrong with being a tailor? Why, hey. Hey, that's right. There's nothing wrong with it. Only not a tailor, a dress designer. Maybe that's his talent. Oh, now don't Hank, I got a feeling this is it, a dress designer. Why, there's a fortune in it. He'll have a saloon in Paris and a saloon in New (laughs) York. It's salon. And just think, when all them young society debutantes come out, they'll come out of his dresses. (laughs) Oh, he'll be famous. What a thrill when you and me go to Paris and we look up and we see the big sign with his name. Our son, Madam Junior Riley. Come down to earth, will you? Just because he asked for a needle and thread doesn't mean... No, this time I got a hunch. Come on. Let's go see what our little genius is creating. Huh? Riley, I- I've got to finish. No, come on. Myself. This is more important. Oh, hey, Madam Junior. What? Huh? Uh, show your mother and me your creation. My what? What you made with the needle and thread. Oh, no, I... Now, come on, don't be so modest. Show us. Okay. Look. Isn't that the most... Is that what you made? What on earth is it? It's a (laughs) yo-yo. Our little genius made a (laughs) yo-yo. Fine son I got... I depend on him, and he lets me down. Well, I learned my lesson. This is the last time anybody will ever let me down. I wouldn't be too sure of that. Who's that? It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. (laughs) Going my way, 
Well, I don't know where you're going, Digger. Into the school there, to the father and son dinner. Oh. I'm going to deliver a little eulogy about my son, Marblestone. <laughs> He's already inside, waiting for the services to begin. Uh, you, you've got a fine boy there, Digger. Oh, he adores me. He worships the very ground I work in. Yeah, well, well, tell me, Digger, have you found out what his profession is going to be? Ah, yes. I've known ever since he was three years old. One day at the beach, he buried me in the sand. <laughs> well, yeah, but that don't prove nothing, He Digger. buried me six feet deep. <laughs> That's good enough for me. <laughs> Well, I don't know what's the matter with my junior. He never never buried me. He's got no interests. Not even a hobby. Oh, everyone should have a hobby. Now, me, I'm an animal man myself. I love to watch the gophers making their little mounds. Beautiful technique. I love to watch a turtle when it's flat on its back. But best of all, I love to sit near a lily pond and watch the frogs croak. <laughs> Come, Riley, we'll be late for the festivities. No, I, I ain't going in. Peg's going with Junior, but I ain't going. I ain't got nothing to say. Riley, I despise cowards. Digger, you really think I ought to go? When Odell says you've got to go, you go. <laughs> okay. In that case, we'd better be shoveling off. <laughs> I leave you with this thought. My 30 years as a teacher and principal have convinced me of the truth of the old saying, the boy is father to the man. Oh, the principal's a wonderful teacher, isn't he, Junior? Yeah, he's okay for a principal. Hello, Peg. Riley, I'm so glad you came, dear. Hiya, Pop. Here's a chair. Sit down. And uh, now we're going to hear from another proud father, Mr. James Madison Gillis. Oh, I, I hope they won't ask me to speak. Don't worry, they won't ask you unless you tell them you want to speak. Mr. Principal, fellow fathers and mothers, I'm sure we all enjoyed the cute little talk the principal just gave us, but now we come to something interesting. Now, I ain't the kind of a father that likes to boast about his kids. I believe that actions speak louder than words. So now, my son, Egbert, is going to perform a very unusual chemical experiment Right before your eyes. Hey, boy? Yes, Papa? <laughs> what are you going to invent, son, with your chemical set? Well, I think I'll make some N-A-C-L. You hear that, folks? He's going to make knuckle. <laughs> oh, Junior, why couldn't you have a knack for making knuckle? <laughs> N-A-C-L is just sodium chloride table salt. Well, go ahead, Egbert. The floor is yours. Oh, I'm not quite ready yet, Papa. Oh. Well, while we're waiting, we can kill a little time by hearing from one of the other fathers. Uh, uh, oh, oh. How's about my good friend, Riley? No, no, no. No. No, no, no. no, no. no I can't. How's about your junior's future? No, no, I, I can't. It's a secret. Go on, Riley. Say something. Everybody's staring. Well, uh, <clears throat> uh, Mr. Principal, uh, fellow fathers and fellow mothers. <laughs> well, uh... For a long time now, I've been studying my boy, Junior. First, I thought Junior was going to be a... And then it turned out that he wasn't going to be that. And, and instead, we thought he had talent for, uh, uh... 
But we found out he really didn't have talent for it. So, we... Ladies and gentlemen, I give you my wife's son, Junior. <laughs> oh, Pop, I don't want to talk. Look, Gabby, you want me to be disgraced? Papa, I'm ready now. Oh, Eggbite's ready now. Okay, buddy, sit down. Yeah, okay. Go ahead, Eggbite, my dear boy. In this here test tube here, I have some hydrochloric acid here. You hear that, folks? Hydrochloric acid. Go ahead, darling. Now, I take this Bunsen burner here and heat the contents of this test tube here. Observe how it burns with the breath. Oh! Oh, the fuck? It exploded! Hey, boy! Hey, boy, let me look at you! Hey, boy, darling, what happened to your eyebrows? Oh, my poor Aitchin, he lost his eyebrows! But, but my hand got burned. Oh, my hand. Is there a doctor in the house? Get a doctor, quick! Well, he'll be all right, Mr. Gillis. I know what to do. Hey, where's the tannic acid? Oh, here. Now, hold out your hand, Egbert. Yeah, there, there. Now, you'll be all right in a minute. Well, that feels good, Junior. Here, here, stand aside. I'm a doctor. Let me see that hand. I put tannic acid on it, doctor. Oh, good. Exactly what I would have done. That was quick thinking, son. You'll make a fine doctor someday. Peg, he'll make a doctor. I'm going to sue the Board of Education for this. But I'm all right now, Papa. Oh, no, you're not all right. I'm going to sue. There must have been something wrong with that Bunsen bite. I'll sue, that's what I'll do. Well, you can't sue, Mr. Gillis. It was Egbert's own Bunsen burner. The school's not responsible. Yeah, the boy's right, Mr. Gillis. You have no case here. Oh, yeah? What do you know about it? Well, aside from being the principal, I also happen to be a lawyer. A lawyer? Well, we'll see about that. I'm taking this case to court. I'll bet you you lose, Mr. Gillis. I'll bet you five to one. Five to one? Peg, Peg. Well, what's the matter? Now I know what Junior's going to be. Hey, everybody, listen. I know what my junior's going to be. He's going to be a doctor, a lawyer, and a bookmaker. (laughs) The Rodneys will be back in just a moment. For radiant hair, it's Prell, Procter & Gamble's new radiant cream shampoo in a handy tube. Miss Margaret McLean of New York City says... Since I use Prell, my boyfriend says he's never seen my hair so attractive. And it's true. Prell leaves my hair sparkling with radiance, soft and smooth, easy to care for. Yes, one trial and you'll agree. Prell's amazing for two reasons. One, Prell removes unsightly dandruff quickly. Two, Prell leaves hair radiantly beautiful. You'll sing about P-R-E-L-L Pearl Shampoo Leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright Not a bit of dandruff is in sight Comes in a tube, handy too P-R-E-L-L Pearl Shampoo Oh, I was proud of the way Junior came through tonight Junior's gonna have a great future Of course he is Yeah, Junior's okay you see, we'll be proud of that boy. I'll bet you in ten years he'll be so rich he won't even talk to us. Oh, we'll be proud of that boy. <laughs> this is Riley, alias William Bendix. Give gladly. Red Cross serves you. In the past year, nearly 400,000 persons were given disaster rehabilitation aid in 46 states, the districts of Columbia and Alaska. Red Cross serves you with emergency relief when disaster strikes. Put Red Cross in your budget. Give gladly to the 1948 fund drive. Good night, folks. (laughs) 
will invite you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. The script is by Alan Lipscott and Reuben Schiff. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger Odell is John Brown. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Fred Allen, followed by The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.